If you've been listening to Michelle is Many Hungry for a while, it might surprise you to find out that the name is a rebrand. My brand used to be called something completely different. No, I'm not telling you what it used to be called. But after many years with the old name, I decided it was time to rebrand. I'd changed quite a bit personally, my goals had changed, and I wanted to elicit a deeper connection and response to what I was doing and the type of content that I was creating. So I decided to call my new brand, Michelle is Money Hungry. So why am I sharing this with you? I've realized that it's been a while since I've shared what the name means and what it means to me why I chose something that I feel might feel a little cringe to some folks and an embrace of the ethos greed is good, which by the way, Michelle is money hungry is not about greed is good. In fact, I realized that I might have an issue or that people might not understand what the name is all about or that it's a little tongue in cheek when a friend who is newer to me, like a newer friend, shared how she perceived the name in an offhand comment. She's also a content creator. So it was an important comment for her to make. And I got a little annoyed. So in this short and quick episode, I've decided to reintroduce myself and what Michelle is Money Hungry is all about. It might surprise you. month, I am crowdfunding for the upcoming Michelle is Money Hungry podcast season centered around women and the choices that they make that have a lasting financial impact on their lives. Why crowdfund? It's a great way to market a show. I wanted to highlight how much time it takes to create award-winning audio content that serves and advocating for fair compensation is a big part of my brand. If you would like to support Michelle is Money Hungry, please do go to the following link, michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash crowdfund and donate today. I'm excited to share my upcoming season, highlighting the decisions that American women make and how those decisions can have a long-term positive or negative impact on our money. From getting married, staying single, or even deciding which state we live in, I'm exploring how those decisions can have a long-term effect or impact on our money. I'm so excited to share universal stories of the choices that American women make and how a policy, place, and politics influence our decisions, whether we realize it or not. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast. This season will be called, I'm still toying with it, but this is what I've settled on so far, The Turning Point in American Women's Money. And that season specifically, those episodes should begin at the end of September. Until then, enjoy my upcoming episodes discussing a range of different topics that have been on my mind this summer while I covered student loan forgiveness because I spent the entire summer covering student loan forgiveness, but I'm shifting now to other topics. By the way, on the day this episode goes live, Friday, September 9th, 2022, I'm waiting to find out if I've won the Plutus Award for Podcast of the Year. Please wish me luck. It's a really, really steep field. I don't necessarily think I'm winning, (laughs) but I'm very, very blessed to be in such amazing company.
It's been a wild ride and I'm so happy that you're a part of this journey. So I started creating content in the personal finance space 10 years ago in 2012 to be exact. I feel like in September, September feels like when I started to do it because four months later, my friend, Eric, my friend, Eric Rosenberg from personal profitability ended up changing my website for free on Christmas Eve because it didn't matter to him. He's Jewish and I had nothing else to do that, that year. And so he very kindly converted my website from blogger to WordPress for free. It was like four hours and we were in his apartment. His girlfriend who became his wife was there. It was just a good time. He has turntables because he's a DJ. It was just awesome. So 10 years ago, that's kind of how this all came together. I'm actually really shocked that it's been 10 years as so much has happened during this time. But at that moment in time, I was so burnt out. I was financially stressed and I wanted to share my financial story with the hope that it would help at least one person. Like I had no other goal other than to have one other person get that they weren't alone in whatever struggle that they were having. Here's a little bit of my story for those of you who don't know. So I grew up being taught to be a good person, have a great work ethic and serve. Like seriously, that was about it. And to dream big, but I didn't realize that those dreams were really impacted by all the money. Like it sounds strange to say it that way, but living in a country with credit cards and just ways people are doing things that, that aren't felt until years later, that's, that's kind of what I was shown and taught. And I'm wondering if there are those of you listening to this episode who were taught some similar lessons. And as a black woman, the idea of being of service in the work that you do is actually very deeply ingrained, I think, in culture. Working in roles where we cared for others, you know, really oftentimes to the point where caring about ourselves was last on the list. So for me to to do this thing that was very like self-focused felt weird so it was framed from a service perspective. What I didn't realize until much later is that the messaging that I was taught was just so deeply flawed. What I also didn't realize as I struggled to gain financial footing under a mountain of debt, dealing with student loans and just what I was dealing with in my head, like the messaging that I had in my head was part of the reason why I felt like I was failing financially it just wasn't just about me and my choices. It was the impact also of policy on my choices and my life as well. I worked hard to pay off thousands of dollars in debt. In fact, I've paid over um, 60000 in really random unsecured debt in, in particular from credit cards, payday loans, personal debts, and accounts and arrears. Like there was just a lot going on. It was super stressful. I felt frustrated that we didn't have enough content and conversations around things like debt complexity versus the sexy stories of paying off one $60,000 loan versus how it is to pay off 30 miscellaneous debts that was were the same amount. Having one debt of 60000 and you're only communicating with one organization or entity versus communicating with 30, that's just it. It hits differently. It's different. By the way, both stories are important, but one story just feels sexier to media and to people that are being targeted for that message. Let's be clear. To be honest, I haven't figured it out. Money, that is. It's an ongoing process for me, which shouldn't be surprising. There are things 
that are being created all the time, like tools and cryptocurrency, if it's a thing, and um, different loan products and different conversations around what makes sense and what does it. And just there's just a level of financial awareness and, and understanding that we have to operate at that is very tiring. And policy ideally is something that helps to balance that that out, right? But in the US, it's it's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> You're lucky to make it through, you know, to the other side unscathed financially. Michelle's Money Hungry is my daily reminder to myself, by the way, that it's okay to want more and want better for myself. The name isn't about greed, as many would think, given that it's Michelle is money hungry. I knew that by adding that those two words, money hungry, into the name of my brand, that people would apply their own personal biases and interpretations into what my brand is about. And in fact, I almost said to that friend, I need you to listen to my work if this is how you're interpreting the name. Because if you listened to my work or read my stories, you would never leave with the idea that I'm greedy. <laughs> like it just, it's just so not the ethos behind the brand. I want my listeners to feel comfortable asserting that they want more for themselves and that the more money they bring in will help them navigate the cost of getting educated general living expenses, the funding of their dreams, and the unexpected moments when you're supporting others, not just your children. Maybe it's a spouse who's lost a job or, or a parent, like the case that I lived through. My mission with Michelle is Money Hungry is to continue having nuanced and substantive financial conversations around the topics that not enough people not enough personal finance content creators talk about. And an example of that would be the finances of a sex worker, building black generational wealth and student loan forgiveness. I feel that we spend as content creators a lot of time on really sexy things, but sometimes with the end goal of earning more, but sometimes the topics that need more time, we gloss over. And I want to, to challenge you to do better. By the way, I'll share the links to those episodes in the, in my show notes. What you won't find in Michelle is Money Hungry is talk about how to build an online brand. In fact, I purposely moved that content somewhere else. I have a secondary project that many people may not even know about that I've been quietly building out called the Brand Building Lab. That's where I talk all about thoughtfully building online brands that lean into social good while making money at the same time. About a year or so ago, I decided to, to, it may have been two years at this point. I don't know with everything with co around COVID, like my brain is fried, but, um, I just didn't want online brand building to be on the shell is money hungry or how to make money as a brand builder, because I felt like, and rightfully so that content would cannibalize all the personal finance content. Why do I think that? Because I've seen it so many times throughout the years where personal finance content creators became online brand builders as a brand, which is fine, it's 100% fine. But for my mission, that wasn't fine for me. So I made my life harder <laughs> and separated that content. So you can go to brandbuildinglab.com 
for that type of content. You won't find me talking about Colorado on Michelle is Money Hungry. Even though I talk about it quite a bit, you'll, you'll see me talking about it on Twitter, that kind of thing, because it's where I'm from. But I share that content on Square State Colorado. So you go to squarestateco.com if you want to learn more about Colorado. Again, making my life harder. But uh, now that I've been doing this for a while and, and I've tightened up the goal around those two other projects, it's become easier. Still complicated, but easier. Instead, you'll find on Michelle's Money Hungry, real and nuanced conversations about the intersection of money, choice, policy, and equity. That's what I do. No greed is good. Money is a tool. Money is a tool that I'm trying to figure out myself. And I'm not a financial expert, but I am an expert at having financial conversations. Make sure to subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for all your support. And I look forward to the next 10 years of creating content that inspires and the conversations that I have around it. Have a good day. And I'll let you know if I won podcast of the year. We'll see.